the devil, the God of this world. Let me say it again. Jesus, God the Father, is not the God of this world. When Adam and Eve sinned, they relinquished the keys to this world to Satan. Since Adam and Eve to today, the God of this world is Satan. That's why it's so messed up. You look around, and if you think that this world is governed by the God of this world, it wouldn't have these messes. We wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. There wouldn't be all of this chaos and lies and cancer and everything else. Because in the Garden of Eden, God, there was no death. There was no cancers. There was no bloodshed. There was no hypocrisy. Everything was perfect. But when Adam and Eve said, no, God, and yes, the Satan, the God of this world, became Satan, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The Bible says, Satan, he opposes God's work and he hinders God's servants and his word. The Bible says he twists and perverts the word of God. Listen, the devil knows the Bible better than you do. And he, because he's the devil, he always tries to twist it. And for those who don't know the Bible, that's what we have. Why are there so many religions? Because the devil knows the truth and he tries to have so many counterfeits so people go, well, which is the right one? But because they don't know the Bible themselves good enough, they're not able to ascertain and determine which ones. That's all done by the devil. The Bible says, Jesus says, you are, that he is the devil, she is the liar and the father of lies. John 8.44, John 8.44, Jesus clearly says, Hey, the devil, where did all the lies come from? He is the father of all lies. He says, the Bible says, he snares the righteous. What does that mean? He snares the righteous, 1 Timothy 3.7. In other words, he knows how to do a trap for you. He knows your weaknesses. He studies you. He knows what you like especially if it's sinful, and he puts a snare for you. Perhaps you've been snared. Another one. And so he goes after you, and he sees that you are vulnerable and lack of spiritual protection on you, and that's where he attacks. the, The Bible's clear. He's the kind of devil where he sneaks up on you. He doesn't go a frontal assault. He doesn't, you know, a lot of times we'll see him, you know, especially Halloween, pictures of goblins and goblins and the devil. He's all ugly looking. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says he doesn't, he doesn't attack you front and center. He'll do it through the back, through the rear, sneaky, surprise ambushes. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. When you look at the word wrestle, what is wrestle? It's not talking about something that's far-reaching. Wrestling is hand-to-hand combat. And that's what the Bible says that he does for us. So this war, which many people don't believe it's happening, it's happening right before our very eyes. So many times people live like everything's kumbaya, everything's going great. And yet there's a war that's raging, and it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen no matter what we say or we think. Our text is addressing all of this to Christians. He's not addressing this to sinners. He says, brethren. So he's talking to you and to me. Now you may be well, you may be saying right now, well, I really don't feel this war. 
One, maybe because you're not saved, and the devil is going to leave you alone. The devil is not going to bother you because you're still on his team. There's two teams here. There is God's team and the devil's team. And when you cry out to God and say, God, I'm tired of this. God, I want to be saved. Then God saves you and you're on the team and the devil. Then you start feeling the onslaught of the spiritual attack from the devil. And you may say right now, well, in that case, I don't want this spiritual battle. I'm not going to get saved. Listen, I understand that thinking process. But if you don't get saved, then already that team that you're on, the Bible says the road to hell is very wide. And the road to heaven is very narrow. Why is that? Because the road to hell, it's easy. You can do whatever you want to do. You can follow your friends, follow the world, and just be like the world. And the Bible says that that road is on its way to hell. The Bible says the road to heaven, Matthew chapter 7, is very narrow. Why? Because it's difficult. And few want to do it. Few want to be able to fight this spiritual battle. It reminds me of that metaphor in nature, a salmon fish. All the fish are going downstream. I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of it downstream. And here you have this crazy fish going upstream and upstream and upstream. And the rest of the fish, if they can talk, are saying, Hey, dummy, what are you doing? I mean, you're having to fight against the, you know, all of us. What are you doing? It's a lot easier to go downstream. And if that salmon fish can talk, he goes, You don't think I know that? I'm having a fight against the current. I'm having a fight against all you guys. I'm having a fight against my own muscles. I'm tired. But I have a different goal. And even a dead fish can go downstream. And right now, if you're not saved right now, you're like that dead fish. Your spirit is dead. You're not alive to Christ yet. And you're just like that dead fish. You're going downstream thinking everything's cool. Life is easy. You're not in the spiritual battle. But you don't realize you're just going with this current and you're on your way to hell. And God doesn't want that. And he's trying to make you aware of that right now. Now, here's the good news. Is, Christian, if you keep on fighting this war that we are in till the end, and you stay as a faithful soldier, what will be your reward the Bible says he will give you a crown of righteousness, and heaven is your home. That's the good news. Now, here you have somebody who says, well, you know, I'm not sure if I'm tired, and I don't want to be fighting anymore. Not only will your life be of no eternal consequence, which too many people, they're just living their lives, and yet their lives aren't counting for God. But if you continue in that, then you yourself are forfeiting not only your soul, but you're not being an example for your family, your spouse, your kids. You're being given a, a bad name to the gospel because this is a spiritual battle and you don't want to fight. Now, why do so many not fight? One, ignorance. A lot of people don't know that there is a spiritual battle going on. And they should, and it's sad. Now, a lot of people are not saved, and so. They, but even the ones that are saved, this is not taught very much. We don't want to hear about spiritual battles. Many Christians, they know about it, but they're apathetic. Ah, eh, they can care less. 
and their lives show that they care less. It almost makes you wonder, are you even saved? I think another reason is distractions. Distractions is a big one. Sports. Sports, you know. Instead of fighting the battle, people are involved in things like sports. Things like, all I have time for is my family. I don't really have time for church or for trying to advance God's kingdom just for my family. And family's great. But that can be a distraction if that is your priority. How about retirement? Making money. I hear you. And it's important to plan for your future, to plan for your retirement. But how about planning for your eternal retirement? Why is it that you're only planning for here on earth? What if the rapture were to happen right now? What does it matter that you have this or you have that? You know, and i got to tell you, I had to put my money where my mouth is real recently. In this last year, I have been offered positions that go back to what I was doing before, and just about six weeks ago, another one pretty good as well. And i got to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, when they told me, you know, I, I listened to it, but it was within a second that I said to that person, no. Because I believe not only a spiritual war, but we're living in such days right now that, God, I want to do everything I can for you. You've placed me in this place, and I want to be able to do everything I can for God because I believe This is a spiritual battle. There's a war going on, and time is short. Distractions. I've tried to cut off my distractions. And i got to tell you, I'm not saying, well, you know, what can't you? I I make sure I have time for my wife, for my son. I make sure I, I rest, sleep. But many other things, the gospel is my priority. I've even stopped chess. Now, i got to tell you, I loved chess, playing chess. And I am the kind of person that if I get into something, I get into it. And what? And <laughs> Angel and I know that. But anyway, and um, like if he doesn't. Um, but oh, two birds of a feather. Anyway, so, um, and so I know myself. That's a problem. And it was starting to consume me and take so much time that it was a distraction. All of a sudden... I find myself playing chess for three hours and reading my Bible for half an hour. And I say, I found myself, you know, it it, it was hurting me in doing a lot of the things that I know God is calling me to be. In other words, he's forcing me in this spiritual battle to be able to run this race very differently than I was running it before. Because when you are at war, you live differently. When you are at war... Shouldn't we act differently? See, war isn't just to defend ourselves, but it's advancing. And advancing specifically the kingdom of God, spreading his gospel. But if you're involved in all these other things and these distractions, which it's okay to have some of these, but if they become overwhelming to where you can't do the spreading of God's kingdom, is that God's will? And obviously the answer to that is no. Fighting for your family, sharing the gospel to your parents, to your children, to your relatives, your friends, your co-workers. The spiritual fight is on. Are we acting like it? The Bible says to be able to stand in this war, we must put on the armor of God, secondly. Now, what does it mean to put on the armor of God? This is really my gist of what I'm going to be saying. It means... 
to put on our new man. Specifically, to put on the Lord Jesus. We t- we're going to talk a little bit about the six components of this. But if you really want to know, and I've studied this a lot lately, it really is putting on the armor of God. It's us putting on Jesus. It's putting on His righteousness. It's putting on His truth, His holiness, His peace. I'm going to show with you two scriptures. Ephesians 4.24. It's put on the new man in true righteousness and holiness. Romans 13.14 says, put on the Lord Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh and to fulfill its lust. See, since this is a spiritual war, we need spiritual armor. It's not tangible weapons. It's not how big your gun is or how big these guns are or how big this is. All of that is not going to be helpful in the war that we're talking about. Samson, nobody was stronger than Samson, yet he failed miserably. Strength, muscles, brute strength is not going to help you in this war. Solomon, he was the smartest, wisest man in the world. Yet he failed miserably. He did things he shouldn't be. Because intelligence, wisdom, is not the armor that you need for this war. Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by power, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. By my spirit, says the, the, says the Lord. And let me, before I go on, let me say this. Remember that the outcome of this war, it's already been determined. We already know who the victor is. It's us. Jesus, he's already won this war. And if you're on his team, you're on the winning team. That's the good news. If you made Jesus your Savior and your Lord, you're on this team. Remember, guys, the thief on the cross. That thief on the cross, when he accepted Christ, and when he made, when he says, Lord, remember that? When he says, Lord, and then he says, remember me. Can't remember, and God couldn't do anything, respond to him, until first he made Jesus his Lord. Now, when he said, Lord, remember me when you get to heaven, when you get to paradise, what did Jesus do? He's in heaven today because this spiritual war, he really didn't have to live it. His justification, his righteousness was imputed to him by Christ on the cross. The blood of Jesus is what makes us righteous. We've already won this war. But what would have happened, and I've told you this before, if Jesus would have said, all right, thief on the cross, I forgive you. But now I'm going to get you off the cross and I'm going to heal you. And now you're going to have to walk this spiritual walk. Then he would be like each one of us. He would have to be fighting this war. Sometimes I think God... When you save a new convert, take him to heaven right away, God. And man, it would be, we would have a much higher success rate. And that would be wonderful. But that's not the way it is. The way it is, is God has us to get saved, and then he wants us to put on this spiritual armor. Put on the Lord Jesus, and then show the world it can be done. And show the world what change through the power of God is in a life that was a sinner, to a life now that gives glory to God. The devil and his demons are so mighty. Listen, they're so numerous that unless we're clothed with divine armor, victory is impossible. 
Did you hear good what I said? I'm not giving glory to the devil, but what I am saying this, I want to be clear. The devil is so powerful, the demons are so powerful, that if you think you can do it based on your own willpower, based on your own brute strength, based on your own intelligence, victory is impossible. You must put on the divine armor of God, otherwise we're defeated. Now, verse 13 says, Therefore, based on everything I've just been saying, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And he talks about six components. But first, let me first say this. When he says, puts on, I looked it up in the Greek, and it gives the connotation, the meaning, that this is a lifelong protective gear. In other words, it's not just like, in the NFL football games, they put on their helmet, their shoulder pads, etc., and it's just for the game. And then when the game's over, they take it all off. Not this one. This one is put it on and leave it on. This is going to be something that is going to be necessary continuously in your Christian walk because continuously the devil's going to go after you and the devil's going to want to destroy you and the devil's not going to be giving up. So therefore, you have to have this on. Secondly, not partly clothed, Not partly protected, but the whole armor. In other words, of these six components I'm going to be talking about, even if you're lacking one, that may mean your defeat. It is critical to have all six of these components. Paul uses an analogy of a Roman soldier. And his armor for this this metaphor of the spiritual protective gear. He first starts off by talking about the belt of truth, okay? The belt of truth. Now, since the Roman soldier used real loose clothing, he girded up his loose clothing with this belt. In other words, it was pretty loose hanging, but when he was ready to go to battle, everything was tucked in. Everything was not a hindrance to him. For us, that belt pulls in all of the spiritual loose ends of truth and truthfulness. Truth and truth. See, the belt of truth, when I say put on Jesus, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. Jesus is the truth. So what he's, what he's saying here is you got to put on truth. Not only truth of the word of God and doctrine, but truthfulness. Let's first talk about truth. When the devil comes in, I was talking yesterday to Pastor Glenn, and he just finished moving into a new neighborhood. And there was a guy that was a real nice guy, and he started talking to him. But within short moments, that person didn't want to talk to Pastor Glenn anymore because that person was a Mormon. And all of a sudden, because they had several discussions that Pastor Glenn knows what he's talking about, that guy just brushed him off and went away. The devil is always trying to attack. And if you don't have truth, if you don't have the Word of God to gird you up, That's why there are so many people that are so confused. And that's why there are so many people who are lost and into doctrines of demons because they don't have this belt of truth, the Word of God. There's only one truth, and that's Jesus. And then the second part of that is truthfulness. And what that is, is Jesus is the epitome of truth. Jesus, he doesn't have any hypocrisy. Jesus, when he says something, it was sincere. 
this truthfulness that the Bible is talking about here is tucking away all the hypocrisy, tucking away your deception, your lies, saying, no more, God, I'm going to tighten the belt. I'm going to put in and tuck in all those things. And I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be sincere. I want, you know, I'm not saying we're all going to be perfect, but we should strive for that. We should strive to be like Jesus. And so sincerity, truthfulness, lack of hypocrisy should be our aim. And that is what the belt signifies. Otherwise, if we don't do this, the devil's going to use this against us. Listen, some of you guys may be demoralized. And why is that? Because you blow it. You're not being sincere. You're being hypocritical. And the devil throws it at your face and demoralizes you and condemns you because you haven't tucked this in. Oh, are you trying to say, Ernie, that you're perfect and we need to be perfect? Listen, we all sin. But we shouldn't be doing what we were doing before. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There should be a sincerity, a truthfulness in our lives. If you're still involved in porno like you were before, something's wrong. If you're still um, you know, stealing like you were before, something's wrong. There should be a change in our behaviors of truthfulness and sincerity. That is the belt. The second one is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, that breastplate was of a tough material. And it was a material and a covering that covered the torso of the uh, soldier and covering the heart and the vital organs. Righteousness, holiness is what Jesus is talking about here. Now, I got to tell you, as studying this, one of the chief things of the protection of the Christian soldier is our righteousness, is our character. It protects us against these schemes that the Bible talks about. Schemes of trying to get us to do things. And if you're living right, his schemes are going to be thwarted. But if you're not living right, you're giving him so much, so, so much ammunition to be able to take you down roads that you thought you would never go down. As believers faithfully live in obedience and relationship with Jesus, we avoid those things and we become more like Jesus. We put on our Lord Jesus. Living right and becoming more like him becomes our breastplate of righteousness. Now, i got to tell you, having said all of that, what gives me confidence is no matter how good you become, how good I try to become, I don't rely on that. Because my breastplate of righteousness begins with his righteousness is my righteousness. I am confident because I have His covering, which is the blood of Jesus. However, some people say, I've got the blood of Jesus. Then why are you living that way? There is a responsibility for us to have and to live right. It's not just the blood of Jesus. Yes, he is what makes us righteous. But we should be living and putting on the Lord Jesus' righteousness. Where the world can say, well then how come you're looking at that, man? How come you're talking that way? How come you're hanging around with that person? And if we do that, the devil can't throw that at our feet. And then the third one is the shoes. Now, shoes, the Bible says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, when I started studying about the Roman soldiers and the shoes, 
it was boots that they would wear. And these boots had very good traction. In fact, some of these boots actually had nails put in them so they can get better traction in combat. And I thought, interesting, to get great footing, the, the, the Romans always wanted to make sure their soldiers, in whatever terrain, they had good footing. And I thought about this scripture. It says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. See, we can walk firmly in this Christian walk because we're at peace with God. Because we know what he has done for us. Because we know that we are saved. Because no matter how tough the devil thinks he is, no matter how tough the devil and the demons are, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if God before me, who can be against me? And that gives you confidence to be able to walk firmly. I used to be, when I was very young, scared of the dark. Okay? About six months ago. Just joking. But when I was very young, I'm going to share something, you know, pretty bad, I guess, you know. So, scared of the dark. And I remember when I was four or five years old, um, I uh, would pray. And I've told you this before. I prayed and I would say, okay, so good night, God. Good night, devil. Because I didn't know who had more power. And I wanted to hedge my bet. It's crazy. I understand. That's just a little kid. But... When I got saved and I started learning about the Bible and the power of God and I started learning how much of a punk the devil is compared to our powerful Lord Jesus, I had confidence and I had sure footing because of the word of God. The Bible says when we get to heaven and we see Satan, we're going to go, man, he's the one that scared us compared to our powerful, awesome Lord Jesus, him? And we need to get a revelation of that today. And if you get a revelation of that today, you're going to have sure footing. And then it says the shield. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. In the Greek, what this shield meant was a large shield, about two and a half feet by four and a half feet. Very large shield. And it was meant to really protect almost the whole entire body. What is the shield of faith? The shield of faith is trusting God. Your trust in God. It's the believer's continual trust in his promises. If he says it, I'm going to believe it. How does that song go? Um, because the Bible tells me so. Why? I believe that Jesus loves me. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. And so many things I just believe. I've told you before, you know, and you'll talk to most people and they'll say, how do you know that Jesus was born of a virgin? Because the Bible says that. Now, they may not believe anything else, but they stand by that, right? And a lot of times we believe that Jesus, he's risen from the dead because the Bible says that. Well, if you're able to believe those two things, why can't you believe the rest of it as well? Because if you believe those two, those are hard to believe. If you really rationalize it in your head, but you believe it because the Bible says that. We, if we have this childlike faith, and that's what God requires, then that's what the Bible's saying here about the shield of faith. All protection of the fiery darts of the devil comes from the shield of faith. Remember what the devil did to Jesus? He started throwing things at him and telling him things. And all of a sudden, Jesus would say, it is written. 
It is written. Because what protected him with the shield of faith, the word of God. Jesus, yes, he was God, but he used the word of God. He had that scripture memorized and he would block those fiery, fiery darts that the devil throws at you and at me every single day. And then you have the helmet, the helmet of salvation. See, one of the most important parts, as we saw in those video, that, that video, was um, the helmet has to be protected. It's a major tar- target in the spiritual war. Now, Satan, he, weak, he, he seeks to destroy our faith with discouragement. How many times when things go wrong, you feel discouraged, you feel disappointed. The battle is in the mind. In fact, most of the things that happen to us and that we do, it doesn't start anywhere but here. If you're able to control your mind and control the battle in your mind, you've won the war because the devil starts here and he throws everything at your mind. The Bible says, whatever is of good report, meditate on these things. If you're having right now a battle in your mind, if right now you are not winning the battle in your mind, what does the Bible says? The Bible says, meditate, Philippians 4, 8, 9. I would ask that you memorize those scriptures. It says, meditate on whatever is of good report, whatever is virtuous. Paul the Apostle says, forgetting those things which are behind. Ah, but you don't know my past. It says, forget those things. I was talking to somebody today, and they're battling in their minds. They're having to, they just finished trying to go get some medication right now, and they're having all sorts of problems. Go to the Prince of Peace. Give him your life, and then stop dwelling on the past. What does it help? And then you say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to meditate and focus on the Word of God. I'm not going to focus on those things. And when you say, well, but I can't keep from getting that guy off my mind, that girl off my mind, that wrong picture or whatever, then why do you keep on looking at those things? It starts in your mind. So if you keep on feeding those bad thoughts in your mind, that's what's going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. But if you put in healthy thoughts, the Word of God, virtuous thoughts, singing, songs, then at that point, your mind starts being protected. You've got to guard your mind. And then at last, he talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It was, listen, out of all of the, I've already mentioned five, the sixth one is the sword of the Spirit. That was the only defensive, or should I say offensive weapon of all of them. Now, when I looked it up, the Roman soldier had a weapon that was anywhere from 6 inches to 18 inches. It was a spear that was not only for defensive purposes, but it was for the offense. God, he doesn't want you just to be meandering through this life, defending yourself. God wants you to take the land. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to use that spear to be able to advance his kingdom. Now, here's the question. When the Roman soldier had that spear, how well do you think he knew that spear? When today, if I were to ask Craig and those who have been in the military, your guns, how well did you know those guns? Today? I think one of the requirements is, is before you even go into battle, you've got to be able to know how to be able to put that thing together and tear it apart blindfolded. You have to know that thing backwards and forwards. Otherwise, if something happens and it's pitch dark outside, what are you going to do? So you have to be able to put it together and know it like the back of your hand. 
Well, Jesus said, just like that soldier knew that weapon backwards and forwards, do you know your Bible backwards and forwards? Are you studying that thing to where you know it, to when the devil comes in, you can throw it back at Jesus. Like You can throw it back at him just like Jesus did. It is written. Or do you have a hard time because you don't know your weapon, and therefore you're being taken advantage of it? I have a question. If the Bible was taken away from us today, what kind of a situation would you be in? You know, and I'm not saying that's going to be happening, but who knows, guys? We're entering into not just a spiritual battle, but this world that we're going in. And whoever wins on Tuesday, things are getting crazier and crazier. And not only should we have these five spiritual gear to protect us, but listen, that word of God, you have to start getting to know it. If you haven't done it, get to know it. We're about to end this year. We're already in November. Did you read the Bible? Are you almost finished reading the Bible entirely? It should be each one of our goals to read the Bible entirely once a year. If you do that, I promise you, just like that soldier is able to take apart that gun and put it back together. And if there's a problem, he can defend himself. If you do that, you'll be able to defend yourself. Perhaps some of the reasons why you're going through some of the problems that you're going through right now is because you can't do that. Because you're involved in distractions. You're involved in other things. And so therefore the devil is able to take advantage of that. Lastly, as we put on the armor of God, the Bible says we will be able to be strong in the Lord. I want to show that scripture. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's leave it up there. Oh, and and, and, uh, let's leave up that first one, brother. Okay? And then we'll go on to the second one. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Guys, God is saying, I want you to be strong. Are you strong right now? If you're not strong, you have to evaluate. Why is that? And you have to be able to have a desire. Do do you want to continue being this way and have the devil take advantage of you? Or are you going to say, no more? God, you've equipped me. You've given me these six components to protect me, to be able to not just so I can live victoriously, but I can advance your kingdom, God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then, verse 11, and put on the, so how do we do that? By putting on the whole armor of God that you may may be able to stand against the schemes, the wiles of the devil. This scripture here, God is trying to pull the curtain back and say, the reason, if you're being all bloodied up yourself, God has given us the tools to be able to not only be strong in the Lord, but to advance his kingdom. And I would say right now, in closing, are you ready to armor up? Are you ready to say, God, I see it. I see that I'm in a war, and I'm going to armor up, God. I'm going to put on this protective gear to be able to make my life count. I don't want to just be meandering through life, God. I want to have my life eternal, 
have consequences that are going to be in eternity, have consequences that God is going to be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to be a statistic. Listen, what's breaking my heart right now, and part of the reason that I even did this, is because we all know, we all see, there are some people who are not here right now. It didn't have to be that way. But they took off their armor. And the devil, he said, yeah. And he's knocking off people. And he's doing it all over the world. And God, he's saying, why? I've given you everything. I've sent my son to pay the price for your sins. So the victory's already been done. And then I've given you these six protective gears to help you live the life. You shouldn't have to be that way. If you armor up, and not only that, but you can advance my kingdom. Because in a war, it's not just to protect yourself, but there's an agenda. There's a goal. We're going to take the land. And so everybody comes, and we take the land, beat the, beat the enemy back, and we achieve what the general says, and what our king says, what our Lord says. Our right now, if you can look at your life, Two questions. Are you right now having the armor of God where you're living victoriously, where you're standing strong? One. Two. Are you right now where God can say, thank you, son. Thank you, daughter. We're advancing because of you. We're taking the land because of you. Souls are being touched, and my kingdom is being forwarded because of you. If not, how come? Perhaps. It is because you're being distracted, because maybe careless, because maybe whatever reason isn't a time to say no more, God. And then secondly, even if you say, that's it, I'm going to do it. It's not by your might, not by your willpower, not by your intelligence, but only by you putting on the protective gear, which is, God, I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus. I'm going to put on the new man. Amen? I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed, please. We're in a war, and so many people don't realize it. And because of that, it's heartbreaking to see the statistics of so many people who are falling by the wayside. And the Bible predicts that would happen. The Bible says there will be a fall away. And it's happening across the world right now. Europe, we see, is lost. So much of it is backslidden. And in the United States... God has done gracious things, powerful things. In our fellowship, God is doing powerful things. Is God doing the same thing in your life? God wants to. And if you're here right now, and you're going through it, and you don't really understand anything I talked about very much, but you are right now wanting change. Maybe you're all beat up spiritually. Maybe even more than that. God, He wants to help you. Listen, The Bible's clear. The devil wants to send you to hell. But God sent his son, so you don't have to. So he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. All you have to do is accept him as your Lord and your Savior. And the price of your sins are paid for. If that's you, and you want to have your sins forgiven, you want to be on God's team, and stop being like the dead fish that are going downstream and are on their way to hell. 
thinking everything's cool. I'm just partying with my friends. I'm just having a good time. And you don't realize you're on your way to hell. I'm telling you, that's what's happening. And God doesn't want that to happen. But it's your choice. He doesn't force you. If there's somebody here and you want to have your sins forgiven and you want to have God as your supporter, as your king, you want to be saved. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand to Jesus. Say, God, save me, God. That's me, God. Forgive me of my sins, God. I am going through it right now, God. And God, I need your help, Lord. I need your help with my life. I need your help with my family. My family's a mess. I'm a mess. I don't want to be this way anymore. God, save me, God. Forgive me of my sins. If that's you right now, raise your hand to Jesus. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Backslider, there's somebody here right now that you can be honest. And you can say, God, I've taken off my armor. You know, I, I don't even use my sword. I don't even know the last time that I read it and really obeyed it, God. I don't have your peace right now, God. My mind is full of terrible things, God. I don't have the helmet of my salvation. I don't have the breastplate of righteousness. I'm living wrong right now, God. And God, I'm vulnerable. And the devil has been taking advantage of me. And you recognize the spiritual battle that you are in. You right now are losing. And you want God to help you and you're ready to repent of your sins and put on the full armor of God if that's you right now please I ask you get back into the battle ask God to forgive you of your sins come back to him he loves you he's married to you if that's you you're backsliding right now I want you to raise your hand to God and say God that's me God forgive me of my sins God I'm a sinner Lord and I need your help God in Jesus name anybody here unsaved or backslidden unsaved or back I see that honest person thank you for that anybody else in to join this honest person anybody else hey you can be honest with God and say God I see my life I'm wrong God and I want to change God I'm right now being eaten up the devil's kicking my butt and I don't want to be this way anymore God that's you anybody else raise your hand to Jesus raise your hand to Jesus brother Isaiah, come on. We're going to pray for you. Come on. Come on. You talk to God. You serious, Isaiah? He loves you, man. He loves you. Ready to make a decision for Jesus? All right. He's going to pray for you. Christian, how would you answer those two questions I asked? Are you right now strong in the Lord? Because God has given you all of the necessary tools to be strong in the Lord. Are you right now living victoriously in this life, in this spiritual war? Listen, it's a war. I hate to tell you this, but it is probably going to be the toughest thing you've ever done. And I would be lying to you if I told you it was a cakewalk and it was easy. No. Living the Christian walk is a powerful, wonderful thing, but it's also a war. And there's a real enemy that hates us and wants to destroy you. But greater is he that is in us, Jesus, that is in the world, the devil. And if God be for us, who 
can be against us. Nobody is the answer. Are you strong in the Lord? And then secondly, my question is, are you advancing the kingdom of God? Are you getting your family saved? Are you touching people, people's lives? Is, can God look down right now and say, well done. You're not being distracted like the rest. You're not living like in a playground and just playing around like so many. But you're fighting the good fight for Jesus. If you're not, I ask you right now as I open up this altar, come talk to Jesus. Armor up. Armor up. Make the commitment to Jesus. In Jesus' name, I'm going to open up the altar now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, my God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, my God. I pray, Lord God, your people, Lord, in this spiritual war, that I thank you that you've already given us the victory, Lord. But I pray, my God, that they would armor up, God, that they would grab a hold of you, Lord God, and put on the Lord Jesus. Because it is not by might. It is not by power. But it is by your spirit, God. And God, I thank you, Lord God, for your righteousness. I thank you for your holiness, my God. I pray for sincerity of heart, God. I pray, Lord God, that they would see the schemes of the, of the devil, the methods of the devil, Lord God, and that they would not make themselves vulnerable anymore, my God, because they are armored up. And unlike this NFL football player, God, that thinks he can play this game, this dangerous game without a helmet, God, I pray that these Christians here, my God, that they would recognize there's a real devil and that they put on their helmet and they would stop playing, God, and armor up, God. Armor up, Lord, so they can stand strong and so they can make it till the end, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sincerity, truthfulness, my God, putting on the Lord Jesus, my God. Devil, you are no match, no match for our Lord Jesus. I thank you, my God, for equipping us, my God. I pray God's people, Lord God, would arm themselves, Lord. God, no longer, my God, going even a day without the armor of God. This permanent armor of God, my God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, that they would know your holy word, my God, that they would be able, Lord God, to know it backwards and forwards, God, to protect their souls and to advance your kingdom, to share that, Lord God, with those, my God, of their family members, those of their relatives, their co-workers, my God, in Jesus' name, my God, Rolo Shabarababasha. Shobo Rolo Sabarada Babasha. 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'd like to have everybody stand real quickly, guys. <clears throat> I don't know who's going to win on Tuesday, but to me, either whoever wins, I believe we're in a spiritual battle. And I believe the battle's going to get worse. The Bible says it is. And some of you all aren't going to be here because you're not armoring up and you're not taking God's word seriously. He says, armor up. Take up the whole armor of God. And some of you guys think it's a joke. And God loves you and he wants to protect you. All you have to do is trust him and say, you know what, God? I'm not that smart. I need your wisdom. I'm not that strong. I need your strength, God. I'm going to armor up. You've already paid the price for me, but God, I'm in a war. The devil hates my soul, and I am going to armor up defensively, but I'm also going to advance the kingdom of God. I want to see your purposes done in my life. No more distractions. No more just no life of eternal consequence. If you tell me, well, look at this car, or look at this thing, or look at that thing, or look at that thing. Well, that's great. But what can you show God for your fruits that are going to be lasting in eternity? And that only happens if you're armored up and if you're putting His priorities first. I want you guys to pray and repeat this prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for not armoring up. This is a real war. And I thank you, Lord, that you have already given me the victory through the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus by which I'm saved and by which I am righteous. I'm going to walk in that righteousness. I'm going to have that belt of truth, truthfulness, sincerity, God. I'm going to protect my mind. God, from all of the bad thoughts, the evil thoughts, I'm not going to be thinking about those. I'm going to meditate, God, on the Word of God. And I thank you, God, for your peace by which my feet can walk around surely, Lord God, confidently, God. And I thank you for your Word, God. And God, no more not knowing it. I commit, God, to knowing it and to be able to protect my soul, and to be able to take it offensively to the devil. God, use my life, my God. I'm going to armor up, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Let's worship God. Thank you, my God, for your people, my God. Thank you for your people, my God. Thank you for your word, my God. Thank you, my God. You've given us the tools for this, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Devil, you are no match for us, my God. Through Jesus, the devil is no match, my God. I thank you. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you for that, my God. I praise you, my God. I thank you, my God, that we can stand strong in the Lord, my God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Armor up. Armor up. Praise God, guys. All right, so you guys be praying for our um, election. And I will just throw in one last thing. 
If you haven't voted, 